1: location. This is a test. For the next sixty seconds, this station will conduct a test of the emergency broadcast system. America, here comes the relief from the pain, unapologetically. This is Lock and Load with Bill Brady.
0: This is Lock and Load, and uh, here we go. We're gonna we're gonna start start our discussion today with investigative reporter Lee Williams. Good afternoon, sir.
1: How you doing, buddy? I am.
0: I'm okay. I guess. I guess. I guess. I guess I'm okay. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. Is Bob, Bob's absence weighing on your mind? Well, I, I had a
0: bunch of questions I wanted to ask him regarding uh, a la Scottos, right? Right. Because on the one hand, I can see where, for somebody like him, the the handgun, when, when you're running around with a handgun and a primary weapon, a rifle, the handgun becomes less of a consideration. Would you agree with that?
1: Yeah, almost an afterthought.
0: Right. So for him adopting the staccato CS because it is the low the the smallest, it's not the lowest common denominator, but it is definitely the smallest. I can see where that would make some sort of sense. However, and I am one of them, I'm not a staccato pro. So I have the gun and it came with three proprietary magazines, which are smaller, which don't work on any of the other staccatos, which means all of the other staccato magazines that anybody already has that works on every gun, but this one won't work in this gun. Yep. So now we can't, I mean, we, I, I could, I could go to a class and I could take my three magazines and I could, you know, reload them every time I sat down. But I'm lazy. I like to, I like to get out there and I like to have 10 magazines and I like to go to the line with three and come back and I got three more and I want to load them all at one time. I got one of those Lula so it doesn't really take a lot of time for me to do it. And, uh, well, you know, I, I'm, I'm just, I'm just trying to be efficient, but training with them means you got to have other magazines. And right now the problem with the CS is getting magazines.
1: So they're that scarce. Wow. Well, you know, that's just a testament to putting out a good product that people want. And then of course, you know, the answer to the question, how many magazines do you need is all of them. Yeah, <laughs> I, I want I want as many as I can have as many as I can afford, because I'm with you. You know, I, I don't like to go to a, a, a training with three bags because you're constantly busying yourselves, sometimes loading while you're standing up, you know, waiting for everybody to fire. Now I'm, I'm with you. I hope they get this fixed. Staccato probably will have that whole thing worked out in just a matter of time.
0: Well, part of the problem is that they they have a hand in everything that they're building. Yeah. So they're not gonna they're not gonna outsource this to anybody.
1: No, nor should they, because no. they've got incredible quality control right now, and that is really easy to lose
0: really easy to let go of. I mean, uh, yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't like it at all. Well,
1: Bob's actually got a class today here, and it is 95 degrees. So kudos to everybody that's out there training, and uh, stay safe and stay hydrated.
0: I've taken one of those classes before where it's, you know, a million six degrees, and you're just trying to... Keep it together. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, When well, you can think off. of just some
1: water. Give me some water. There, it, in, a in, in,
0: a, in a hot class, now, I don't know about now, but in a hot class, I mean, when I went to Steve Fisher's red dot class, right, it was in October in uh, the low country of South Carolina, and it was 105 in October. And I went out there, and from the from the very beginning of the day, I felt horrible the whole day and uh well, that eventually led to me falling out with a heat heat issue. But then, after I went inside and I hydrated for a little bit and stayed in the cool air, I was able to come out and actually shoot but before then, I was abysmal; it was horrible
1: well, at least you took yourself off the range i God forbid I've seen. Couple of times when uh, neither the instructor nor the student caught it, and it uh, could have been really, really bad.
0: Yeah, you don't you don't want to be having a heat injury when you're handing a fire, or handling a fire. That's just not the way no. to go.
1: No. Of course, none of these issues were in Bob's classes because he keeps an eye on his students because he caps it at ten students. Right. Which says a lot about his instruction. Yeah.
0: It says a lot about his foresight. It also says that he's seen some stuff. (laughs) He's had had an incident or two occur.
1: Yeah, we all have, especially with some of these trainers out there that want more students, and they'll cram 30 students in a class, and all you do is stand around for the whole weekend waiting. Your turn to run the drill.
0: And you're not really learning anything.
1: No, you're learning how to stand around. And I had a pretty good handle on that before I went to this class.
0: Yeah, I learned that now. Exactly.
1: Exactly. Well, you know how you tell if you got a good story idea?
0: Well, no, I don't. I'm hoping you'll tell me how that works out.
1: When you call up a buddy and you tell him about the story idea you're working on. Right. And he says, yeah, I'm working on the same thing. (laughs) And that happened this morning with uh, me and Dave Workman. Dave is the editor at the Second Amendment Foundation out in Washington State. And uh, he's responsible for taking my stories and putting them online at SAF and a bunch of other sites, CCR, CCRKBA, the Gun Mag. Yeah, it's, it's rare. It hasn't happened but twice, but uh, we both ended up working on the same thing. And that is this fake news story from the British newspaper, The Guardian. It's a hit piece on the NSSF. And... Uh, it's probably one of the dumbest things I've ever read, and I've read a lot of dumb things. Of about course, dumb. yeah, because yeah. uh, it's kind of my job. So basically, they don't like NSSF, and they called up their usual cast of characters, which would be every town, Brady, and uh hell, there was one more. Uh, oh, Violence Policy Center, yeah, and they don't like NSSF. Because NSSF is out there working hard for their members. You know, they're the National Shooting Sports Foundation is the trade association of the firearms industry, and they do a damn good job. As I pointed out in the story that I wrote, the only thing they don't do well is, well, publicize all their hard work and all their victories. They're, they're, they're all about doing the work, not claiming the credit. And uh, so the, the Brits evidently don't like that. Uh, and as I point out in the story... Nobody really on this side of the pond gives a damn about what the the Brits think of oh, no. uh, American guns or the Second Amendment. We haven't since 1791. No. I mean, without us and American guns, these hacks would be writing their stories in High German with lots of umlauts. <laughs>
0: Well, I mean, here's the thing with the Brits. This is the thing with the Brits. And this is the thing with all of Europe. And what you just mentioned is the big the big, big, big point. More than once we've had to pull their bacon out of the fire. Quite. And a lot of that has to do with them. Want They have always done the basic Roman outlook on things where they're trying to appease the mob. They're trying to remain in power and appease the mob that is the populace of wherever they are. So they believe the only way to do this is to uh, you know, keep them from being armed because they might get uppity and start doing things. Now in the yeah. United States in the United States, we have not deposed a government by means of arms. But we have had to, you know, pull them out of the out of the out of the fire before. And each time, like in uh during World War Two. What do we take over there? We we airdrop what, like half a million weapons over there? Oh gosh. Tons, tons be- and tons. Because Churchill was out there saying, "We'll fight them in the gray- in the glens, and we'll fight them in the valleys, and we'll fight them on the dance hall floors," but they didn't have any guns. Yeah. Let's go, let's let's continue this one on the other side. I, I like this I like this topic. Lee Williams, investigative reporter. Find him at thegunrider.substack.com. We'll be right back. This is Lock and Load. Mm-hmm. This is Lock and Load talking to Lee Williams. We were just talking about the the, the European British attitude towards us and weapons, and yeah, as soon as World War Two was over, didn't they gather up those five hundred thousand guns that we gave them to defend the glens and the dance hall floors and throw them in the English Channel?
1: Yeah, they have no gun culture, and it nearly cost them the whole shooting match a couple of times. Yeah, um, the headline of the story. I mean, gosh, you talk about bias. Even more insidious than the NRA, colon, U.S. gun lobby group, means in power. Uh, insidious, meaning sneaky in a very bad way. Right. Um, and then, it, I mean, the thing is pure trash. It, it really is. Uh, meet the National Shooting Sports Foundation, the gun industry's conservative and aggressive lobbying group. Its range of activities is broad, but always geared to zealously, and single-mindedly preserving and extended, extending the power of the gun industry. I put to you, Bill, I submit mm. to you, yes. isn't that exactly what we want them to do?
0: Yeah. Exactly what we want them to do.
1: I mean, I point out, it, we, we don't need a, a group representing our, our gun industry, it's going to roll over to whatever infringement uh, Joe Biden wants because we've already got one of those groups. It's called Congress. And then they—the worst part for me is they—they uh, they make light of us, of us conspiracy theorists, and uh, you know, pointing out in a typical British tongue-in-cheek way that you know, they're, they're, it's just a conspiracy theory that big government is trying to take our guns and undermine the Second Amendment. So I included a list of these conspiracy theories that have, are no longer theories. Right. Um, Joe Biden's war on gun dealers, Joe Biden's unconstitutional executive orders, Joe Biden's lies about guns in the Second Amendment, Joe Biden's use of false data to gaslight Americans about mass shootings, homemade firearms, law-abiding gun dealers, Joe Biden's collusion with the financial industry, shipping industry, legacy media, ATS criminalization of pistol-brace owners, Mark aftermarket triggered owners, solvent trap owners, ATF's unconstitutional knock-and-talks, and I could go on. But, uh, I mean, these conspiracy theories are not documented facts. And, yeah, they're, they are coming for our guns, and that's something you don't get if you live in a country where you need written permission and a people decree just to go into a store and buy a kitchen knife, you know? Right. Well, it, that, you know, it's, it, it,
0: it's, you know, this has come. Remember now, they're stationed in London. And in London, Sadiq Khan, the mayor of London, has said, violent crime is is just a way of life. And you, if, you, if you live in a big city, you got to expect that. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, for them looking at us where we're out there and we're saying, well, hey, uh, you know, this is uh, one of those things that. Uh, we're going to defend ourselves. We have guns. We are self-reliant. We're not waiting on somebody to uh, show up because we know they're going to be late. That part of it is, uh, that's where they, uh, I don't know, they sort of, I, I, I draw the line there, and they look at that as sort of barbaric, I think.
1: Yeah. You know, I've, I've been interviewed by BBC or their different groups, several times and and you know to them they don't understand the second amendment and our gun culture like we don't understand the mark the monarchy their their obsession with it of how anybody could be somehow born better and become a better person just because of their last name yeah i i i, I haven't cared about what the brits think about our guns since 1791 and i was just a kid then
0: right <laughs> As were we all, yeah. in, in a very young stage of our development. Yes, we were all kids back then.
1: But typical, I mean, uh, hit hit piece in a typical way. In that, you have NSSF, which is obviously pro gun group. So who do you get to to talk about them? Uh, they line up three anti gun groups because I'm sure they'll have fair and balanced comments. That you know, I I mean, I pointed out it's like. Asking the Joker to for an opinion about Batman and Bo- and Boy Wonder, right? <laughs> it's just bias, but you know that that's the that is the media they live with over there. Um, somehow I, I don't know they seem to they seem to sell some newspapers, uh, and I guess this is what they they default to whenever circulation is waning a bit. It's, oh let's kick the Americans Second Amendment around?
0: Oh yes. Yeah. absolutely. You know
1: how evil that is. The thing is, you know,
0: in England, there's millions of guns. Millions of guns in England. Most of them are side-by-side shotguns. A few, uh, and you have to have a license for all of those, but there's millions of guns in England. I can't use them for self-defense.
1: Oh, of course not. That would, that would make sense.
0: Yeah. Uh, one, I think, what were they? They were the the, the Cherry family, I think. Uh, they were broken in on by the same guy over and over again. One day, the guy had enough of it, so when he broke in, he shot him with a the shotgun. They allowed the guy he shot, who broke into him, to uh, sue them. And they went, and, and the, Mr. Cherry went to jail. Makes perfect sense. Perfect sense. But there's millions of guns in England. Like every, everybody that owns a house, for some reason, has a shotgun license. So, um, millions of guns there. It's just that they're not looked at in the same vein that you and I look at them.
1: As a means of self-defense. Yeah.
0: They're primarily a means of That You can go out and shoot birds with them. You can carry them around and shoot birds with them all day if you want to.
1: All day yeah, long. no thanks. Yeah. No thanks.
0: And if you have a center-fired rifle of any kind, they expect you to go to the Ace Hardware store and buy a suppressor. There's plenty you know, of those.
1: that I don't have an issue with. That's just being a good neighbor. Sure.
0: But, you know, England, England is interesting. I'm I'm half British, so I mean, I've I've got plenty of British relatives that I sit back and go, "Hmm. Okay. I'm not seeing your logic, yeah, best, but you know, whatever floats your boat, okay?"
1: Best keep your mouth shut at family and get-togethers. Yeah.
0: My, when I was young and my grandfather was still alive, he was very much against guns. And, I mean, he'd be like, there's so many guns around, so many guns, Billy. And I'd be like, well, Grandpa, you know, this, side. this was when I was in the military. I said, yeah, I went. I'm in the military, same as you. He fought in World War II.
1: Okay.
0: And on the British side. He was he was behind enemy lines for about six months alone. Oh, jeez. Hiding in, at a farm. And, um, yeah, he was... Uh, but when he came out, he came out as a British man, and he came out uh, completely against guns. So uh, then he moved over here and still was against him to his dying day. <laughs> to his dying day, but, uh, you know, neither here nor there. I would, just, I would just let him have his space and let him say what he wanted to say. We're coming up on the next break, and uh, we'll delve more into this if we have the time to do so. You can find this at... TheGunWriter.substack.com, at ArmedAmericanNews.com, and probably at SAF.org, because Lee is the lone investigative reporter at the Investigative Reporter Project for the Second Amendment Foundation. So he works uh, he works pretty closely with a bunch of guys that are doing things on a daily basis. Every day, SAF is doing something. We'll be right back. This is Lock and Load.
1: about every corner of this country three million miles in my career i spend a lot of hours on the road but i love being my own boss the road can be a beautiful place but you're out here on your own there certainly are risks i'm charles i'm a truck driver a husband and a father and that's why i choose federal To online gun shops, Primary Arms is one of America's largest retailers of new firearms, parts, accessories, and gear. They stock over
0: 600 popular brands, all with everyday low prices and fast shipping. If you ever have any questions about a product, their team of product experts will help you make the right purchase. So, don't settle for less. Visit PrimaryArms.com today and see why so many gun owners make it their first destination for all of their firearm needs. In the 21st century, the handgun has become the preeminent self defense tool. At CH Precision, we specialize in taking your weapon to the highest degree of functionality possible. With a complete array of goods and services specializing in red dot sight installation, CH Precision will help you realize the most effective handgun the first time. If you need slide milling, installation, or accessories, go to chpws.com. CH Precision. Welcome to the Boom Squad. uh uh-huh. back.
1: Talking with Lee Williams.
0: No tell where we go on this next one. Are we still talking about... Uh...
1: No, we should talk about SAF. Okay. Because, uh, our gun rights policy conference is coming up next month. It will be here uh, September 22 through 24. This time it's in Phoenix. Let's hope it cools down a bit. Um, for those of you who have never gone to a GRPC, and this is its 38th year, Um you don't really know what to expect. Uh, this will be my fifth one, I believe. Uh, you know, you hear gun rights policy conference, you think of acres and acres of tables with new guns and gear, and and that's not it at all. It is, it's not designed, as I wrote recently, for manufacturers or distributors. They're welcome, of course, but this one is designed for us. What you will get is seventy plus speakers uh, who have cho- chosen from among the. The leaders of the gun rights movement, and you're going to you'll walk out of there with a master's class in grassroots activism. That's no kidding. I, the speakers are varied and diverse. I'm one of them. I don't know why, uh, but it it's, it's it's fun. It's a tear, and it couldn't come at a better time. Obviously, we you and I have spoken at length about how Biden has declared war on gun owners, gun dealers, guns, gun rights, gun policy. So the only antidote to that is information. And at GRPC, you'll become part of that information. And uh, at the end of the, the three days, it's you'll, you'll know where we're going as a movement. But the biggest thing for me, and I, I wrote about this, is you're gonna be surrounded by all these like-minded pro-gun folks. And there's lunches provided, there's cocktail hours, to me, man, this just really, it recharges my batteries. It's, it's something I, I look forward to every year. And if you have the time, um, go to staff.org and all the sign up information is right there. You, a couple of clicks, you can register and get a hotel room. It, it's to me, I mean, shot show is huge. You've been to shot show. I've been to shot show. Um, uh, but that's for, that's for the, The manufacturers, that's for the the new gear guys. Right. GRPC is for us. And, uh, you'll get a lot out of it. Um, some of the speakers are just phenomenal. I mean, and they're, they're guys that you and I grew up reading, you know, Mazayoub, Alan Gottlieb. And these are just a few. It's, it's a hell of a, hell of an event. Really? Well, I
0: mean, everybody yeah. that's there, everybody that, like Masada, he's been writing about guns for years. I used to read his stuff when I was 13 years old, and he was writing for Black Belt Magazine.
1: I read uh, In the Gravest Extreme, which I believe is still one of the best books out there about personal defense, and I was hooked. I mean, and then to meet him and talk to him. Because uh, he's on the board of Second Amendment Foundation, so he will be there. Right. Uh, it, it's just it's just incredible. Great guy, gruff voice, three four pack a day guy, uh, interesting, and uh, you know there aren't there aren't a lot of guys with his pedigree.
0: Will uh will Cam be there?
1: Oh yeah, Cam's on the board. I think uh, CCRKBA, which is our sister organization, uh, Citizens Committee for the Right to Keep Barriers. he might even be on the board of SAP. So Cam will be out there. Yeah, it's a it's a good it's a good time. Uh it's intense. I mean it is really intense.
0: Well the thing I was gonna uh, point out is most of the stuff most of the people that are coming there, there are guys that get out there and write articles about stuff happening in the gun world, and what they're doing is they're seeing other articles that are written by people like Lee and Dave Workman and Masada Yub and Cam Edwards, and they're basically giving their spin. Yeah. Right, they're giving their spin on it. They see it. And they're like, "Well, so and so said this and this." This is what I do. This is what I do. That's what radio people do. I'm not writing articles. I'm commenting on what's out there. Um, but this will be a confab, and everybody's invited, right? anybody can show up. Oh yeah, it? anybody can go.
1: So, and uh, we had it. We've had it, you know, during the pandemic. It was moved online, and the whole thing was streamed, and and that was okay, but. It's just so much better in person, brother. Yeah, I'm sure. I can't go
0: because I've got to do a daily radio show.
1: Yeah, that's the problem. Yeah. It's not set up like shot, where oh, here you plug in here, uh, and you you know you do this, and yeah, that that's one of the one of the considerations. It is going to be streamed on Facebook and uh, YouTube. If you can't make it. But uh, it, it's – so you can watch it still and see all the speakers. But there's just something about being there and getting to know all the other folks. And, you know, uh, you start comparing strategy, you realize that some – I know for me, some of the stuff that I was considering was already in play and perfected by other groups, um, like the Buckeye Firearms Association. I mean, so you, you get an opportunity to, to really – get cutting edge with some of these folks, and it's a good time. Highly right. recommend it. I'd
0: like to go. I've never been. I've won an award from them, which I think they give... They give out the awards at the end of the year or at the GRPC time?
1: Um, some are given out at GRPC, and then some kind of trickle uh, through the rest of the year. So, that's my answer to your question. Yes and no.
0: I probably have won so many awards and just not shown up to get any.
1: Exactly. Exactly. People are starting to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> Got a box of awards with your name. Yep, you there's a, a
0: box of them out there. I just have never gotten out there and, and taken advantage of that. But one day maybe I'll be able to make it out there. I haven't. Now that I work for a corporate entity, I sort of have to. Uh, I sort of have to uh, get things set up. But I mean, that doesn't mean I can't get them set up.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's it's. I hope you uh, at some point get time to come out because you leave there just pumped up. You're tired, granted, because there are a few hospitality rooms. I know Florida Carry, of which I'm a board member, has the most raucous one. But yeah, it's a good time. Well, I
0: mean, the the you know Shot Show, NRA Show, these are all industry shows. It's about the hardware. GRPC yeah. is about the ideological combat, mm-hmm. and this is where the this is where the think tank where a lot of people in the think tank that are doing it on a daily basis, they get together, and I guess they relax for a minute and and just enjoy a little bit of fellowship and try to get a, I don't know, a a direction headed in some, you know, I don't know what they do. But whatever they're doing, uh, it's a whole different vibe, I'm sure. That's why I'm looking forward one day to going to it.
1: Yeah, it is. It really is. It's it's not the, oh, my God, I'm so tired I've walked 30 miles today, that you get a shot show.
0: Yeah, shot show is a
1: shot show is painful. <laughs> it's a and painful I've never thing. Left, I've never left GRPC with what I've come to call the shot show crud. Yeah, every time I go to shot show, I come back with something.
0: I've had that, I think, twice. But the last time I went, I came back with COVID. So that was pretty cruddy as well. But that's a, that's a, neither here nor there. You're not in the proximity of nearly as many people. And uh, it, that means you don't have as nearly as many chances to get sick, so that's probably a good thing.
1: Definitely. Right.
0: Now, we're coming up on the next break, and one thing I haven't been able to do on in, in the proper way is explain to you how many different ways Lee is coming at you. Because that's the way of the world now, in, in the media world that we got to come at you in various means and angles. So, Lee, first of all, everything originates at thegunrider.substack.com. That's where everything starts. From there, those articles get reprinted all over the place. They get reprinted at The Truth About Guns, they get reprinted at Amoland. He also. Has joined with Mark Walters for armedamericannews.com where they put, you guys put out a newsletter and I mean, you, you update the website and do the things online in the written word that I guess Mark probably talks about during the day. Is that how that works?
1: Yeah, it's exactly how that works.
0: Yeah. And then the Second Amendment Foundation Investigative Reporter Project of which Lee is the only reporter there, which sort of makes him the Second Amendment Investigative reporter, pro, reporter Project, all by his lonesome. All of these things coming to you with a deep dive and a keen analytical look. We'll be right back. This is Lock and Load. back. This is Lock and Load, and I am talking with reporter Lee Williams. And what else is on your mind today, sir? Well, you've seen,
1: and this one really pisses me off. Um, you know, the, as, as as you and your listeners know, the Biden administration is cutting off funding to schools that host, you know, any kind of shooting sport or hunter, hunter ed. Right. Be that air, air rifle or archery. Uh, I, I want to put that in perspective for you. Uh, here in Sarasota, we have a, uh, a school. It's called Sarasota Military Academy. It's it's a private. It's not a private school. It's a public school. It's a charter school. Uh, it's difficult to get in and very easy to get out of. Uh, simply, you just don't perform and you're gone. Right. Um, it's run by a commandant. I believe uh, he was a retired colonel last time I spoke. Well, they have a rifle team there, uh, and it's air rifle. And these kids. <laughs> well, I'm not kidding, brother. At 15 yards, they're putting pellets in the same damn hole. Okay. Um, And it's, of all the specialties and sports that you can join at that school, they even have something they call raiders, which is kind of like rangers, and, you know, they run around and do obstacle courses and all that kind of stuff. It's pretty cool. Uh, But the most sought after is the rifle team. Now, you have, uh, I think there were four instructors and they're all retired military. They're all senior MCOs. I mean, the junior guy is like an E7, right? Wow. And they're all combat arms. And every single one of them had a CIB, which is a combat infantryman's badge. One of them had a star on it, which means he's been in two wars. Um, and riflery is like one-tenth of what they teach these kids. You know, the, the rifle team kids at that school – they, they all have A's. They all got straight A's. Um, they're all highly motivated. They get placed in service academies. Uh, these are the kids that go on to West Point or Annapolis or, uh, whatever the Air Force one is called. Um, I mean, they're really good kids. And it's, it's a privilege to be on the rifle team. Not a, not a, uh, not a, not a right. You screw up and you drop your grades, you're off the team. And, uh, your mom and dad better support the hell out of you. They better have a vehicle, uh, that's, that gets good mileage because you're going to be driving all over the damn state competing. And they always win. And it's, it's really, when you, when you, you get to, to know and, and watch them, and I've helped them raise money for new rifles, uh, new air rifles. It, it's just a really neat group. I've never seen this type of cohesion between instructor and student at any school. Um, There was a young lady uh, who was on the rifle team and her father abused her and, uh, went in for a couple of days and got out on a bond. And she had a match, an upcoming match. The team had a match here in Sarasota. And let me tell you, there were five retired senior combat arms NCOs that were praying that he would show up at that match. (laughs) I mean, they were just, they were ready for him. and that's the kind of care that these guys – and that, that's the kind of care these guys offer these students. I mean, it's really – it's almost a magical thing. And, of course, all that's going to be shut down because of the Biden Harris administration and their stupid rules. So gone will be that federal funding for it. Now, will they be able to continue? I hope so. It's going to require a lot of money and a lot of donations because the federal money was helping. But – that's all, that tap, that spigot has been shut off thanks to Joe Biden. One other thing on this, I get calls constantly by folks who want to know, you know, uh, hey, do you got any students out there, any high schoolers that you're aware of that can shoot a bow? Because we've got archery scholarships that are going to waste every year. And that's going to be lost too. I mean, that's the type of, of, that's what these people get from these shooting sports, in addition to having a hell of a lot of fun. Right. And, you know, um, it's a crime, what Biden is doing, brother.
0: Well, I would think that a student that is an archer, that gets a, gets a, you know, what, I I don't have anything really against higher education. I I have something against higher education as it's practiced today. But for a student, for a a very articulate, articulate, accomplished student that wants to become something big, that's about really the only way to go. So somebody that is motivated enough to be an archer, because that is a discipline I've never even tried. Uh, somebody that is that disciplined and putting in that much practice. I would imagine they would be a great student. And uh, don't we want to develop the best of the best out there? Don't we want to develop those kind of that, those kind of minds that get out there and compete?
1: Yeah, we had a shotgunner here in uh, Sarasota, a young female shotgunner. Her, you know, her dad put in a lot of miles and a lot of work, and um, shotgunning is not cheap. No, you know, trapping, trapping, skiing. but it paid off for that family. She's got a full ride. I forget what school, but she, yeah, family won't pay a dime for her college education. Yeah. that's also important, and that also is threatened by the Biden administration and their stupid rules regarding shooting sports. They're hurting kids.
0: Well, I, you know, the left, w- with the left, it's all about control and everything. Every little every little thing they put out there is about controlling either what we see, what we hear, or what we do, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, have you ever heard of the WFA? No. The WFA is sort of like the WEF in that they control 90% of all advertising dollars. Uh, Companies like Bud Light... Or excuse me, in uh, Anheuser Busch, in, in Bev and uh, Target, every they've got many billionaires in there. And what they've done is they've decided to figure out what is accepted. And if you're not accepted, and you get out there and you say certain things, well, then you're not going to be able to. Uh, you're going to get canceled. You're going to get deplatformed. You're going to get defunded in some way or fashion. And that, that's, I'm pretty sure that's what Joe, what drives Biden yeah they have a ranking system, just like the the whole d e i initiative where they had a ranking system. These guys have a ranking system too from zero to hundred uh yeah it's 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 quite the thing to to sit and look at so it really just depends on which side of the track you come down on and the archers, I would imagine the archers and the kids they're apolitical aren't they?
1: yeah there's no politics involved in that, yeah whatsoever. You know, they just, they, they just like shooting. And on the archery side, I learned today, they have a 21 year history of safety. Okay. In 21 years, none of these kids have been hurt by during any of their archery practices or tournaments or anything. That's pretty damn impressive. Very,
0: very, very much so. I mean, anything, anything on a range is subject to issues as you go along during the day. Anything that happens on a
1: range, especially when you're there with regularity, unless you're constantly preaching and practicing safety, you, you know, you can. I don't because every time I go up to Bob's range, I, you know, I get a, a safety brief. Thank God. Um, you, you become a little complacent. You can, and yeah, I totally agree. Uh, that's why it's such a – the the people that shoot the most need to be the most safe because you're exposing yourself all the time yep. to that danger. Yep. Uh, yep, yep, yep.
0: So anyway, that – that uh what we're going to have to do, I mean, uh, as a country, I don't know where it's going to go. As far as where we go as a country, because a lot of people in the country aren't paying as much attention to things as they should. Yeah. And there's a percentage of them that think that socialism is a stupendous thing to even look at. Good stuff, good stuff. (laughs) So I don't know. When our generation is gone, Lee, I don't know what's left for them. I don't know where they go at that point.
1: Yeah, I I don't either. I just... I don't unless that uh, residence of the of 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue changes. How much farther downhill can we go?
0: Well, I don't know. I don't know. Right now, they're doing. They're so busy trying to. Yeah. Every time something pops up with them, Trump comes down. He gets another uh, indictment. I'm waiting to see what the next one's going to be.
1: Oh yeah. Well, next one will definitely be Georgia because they can. And uh, I'm I'm waiting to see. It didn't. Uh, aren't they investigating Joe for his uh, uh, classified document trove too? That doesn't. Uh, that
0: doesn't matter.
1: That we, doesn't matter because they're in party.
0: Yeah, they. He, he's he got all kinds of stuff. No telling what Joe's got. He's got all kinds of stuff. We're running out of time. It doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter because when you're in charge, you get to write the rules and write the history. So anyway, anyhow. Thank you for taking the time to join me today.
1: Always a pleasure,
0: bro. Lee Williams, investigative reporter, thegunwriter.substack.com, armedamericannews.com and saf.org, he's the investigative reporter there. Hour number 3 is inbound, we'll be right back. This is Lock and Load.